I liked this movie. This movie was bad. I did not like this movie. Movie bad. Bad movie. I loved this movie. Fuck this movie. I really did not like this movie. Oh no! Don't ruin the movie for me! I loved this movie. The movie was good. Alright, I just want to warn you, spoiler alert. Let's keep it a tight, tight 60 minutes tops. Alright. We're on in 50 minutes. Alright, well, well, we'll just start. We're going to go right into it. Yeah, tight I 60. think that should be the intro, what I just said. Yeah, tight 60. Merry, Christ- Merry Christmas, Nick. It's the fucking intro. That's the intro. We're going... It's Christmas themed. Oh, so I'm supposed to say Merry Christmas too? Yeah, you're supposed I'm to Merry Christmas back. Yeah, uh, I'm keeping this all in. All right, anyway, this is episode, turns out last week before I say the episode was actually episode five. You were right. I thought it was like episode eight. Yeah, so, I don't uh, remember that I was guessing, but. You were, you were pretty, you were pretty accurate. Well, for everyone listening out there, this is episode six. Nice. Now it's yeah, episode six of Spoiler Alert, which is a movie-themed podcast. I'm your one cool host, Eric. And I'm Nick. I'm also and, we, and we have a guest. We have a friend of the pod. Yep. Um, I've known him for most of my life. All, one might say, of my life. I forgot that I was supposed to do an intro because uh, I did one for Coleman. I set you up there. I, um, I, threw, I threw up the T and you struck six out. Six foot two, 285, runs a six minute mile, benches 155, I think, for reps. Uh, my brother, in arms and law, we're lawyers together. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're related by blood. Jeff. No, I thought you meant in-law, like Retailer. you were somehow married to a sister you don't have. Nope, not that. Because, like, you technically kind of – you have a sister. You, you know what? We're not going to get involved in this. We're not going to go in-depth. You should on let him talk after I finish the intro. Just All right, I threw – all right. I don't, I don't know what that intro was. None of those numbers – It was a train wreck. None of those numbers were <laughs> accurate. I thought you were 6'2". Yeah, that one was accurate. Uh, yeah, no, um – Long-time uh, fan of the pod, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller. Nice. Really, really happy to be on today. Really happy to be a part of this. Classic Philly radio trope. <laughs> I guess radio trope anywhere, but we're true. glad. We are glad to have you. We like having guests because then helps keep us. Uh, helps keep us on kosher. Kosher, yeah. You know, nice to have a fine Jewish member with us. Yeah, you guys should find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff's not Jewish. <laughs> Well, it looks like we don't have that in common. Okay. I'm pretty sure you're not Jewish either. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, we're trying to keep this a tight 60, so we got to start rolling. And we're already off the rails. Yeah. Well, we're never on the rails from the start. What did you watch this week? The Sound of Music? Uh, yeah, three times. Um, back to back to back. Uh, no, I watched a movie called Sound of Metal. It's a new Amazon Prime movie. You were close, except this one didn't have any Nazis in it, as, as far as I know. Isn't Riz Ahmed a Nazi? No. I thought he was in the movies. I don't know. <laughs> no, he's not a Nazi in the movie. Just because he's a metal, just because he's a heavy metal drummer. No, Sound of Metal. It's a new Amazon Prime movie starring Riz Ahmed, directed by Darius Martyr. I've never. I think this is the first movie he's done, or at least this is his first prominent movie. Uh, yeah, it um, it's about a heavy metal drummer who, uh, right from the get-go, he starts to you start to kind of 
realize he's losing his hearing, which obviously as a musician, it's a pretty prominent uh, sense you need. Yeah, you just kind of follow him on his journey, trying to learn how to be a member of the deaf community, kind of adapting. He's also a former addict. I think they say, he says, he goes like, I used to take everything, but mostly heroin. Exactly. It's like sound of music. It, it's, it's technically, this could be deemed a Christmas movie the way, any way you look at it. <laughs> Does it take place at Christmas? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, firstly, I'm just going to say that this is my favorite movie I've seen this year. It's hot take alert. And it's, it's my hot take. It's my take. And I told you to watch it, and I know you didn't watch it because you said, oh, throw it on the projector yesterday. yesterday. What? You told me to watch it yesterday. Like, no, I told you to watch it Friday. Yeah, and you never listened to me. I didn't have time. You're I didn't watch Mank and Iron Man 3. Well, all right, well, well before we... Those are the other two movies that are going to be talked about. Before we jump into that, let me just say, um, highly recommend this movie. The thing that's obviously is Rizamed's performance. I mean, there's something about... I've liked him because uh, you've seen Nightcrawler, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good in that. He's uh, He likes playing characters who honestly get the shit kicked out of them emotionally and physically. I mean, that's his kink. I mean, yeah. And then he also likes to get tortured by tentacle monsters because that's his that most prominent his scene in Rogue he's One. In interview. Yeah, and in Rogue One, remember when that big tentacle monster, like, throat fucks him? Is that what happens? I don't really remember Rogue One that well. That's the one scene I do remember. <laughs> um, I liked Phoebe Waller-Bridge in that movie. She was good, but one like it was like a little vignette of the Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, universe. It didn't really have to tie in so well with it, but it still did. But I think it mm-hmm. stood like very well on its own. Yeah. And boy, are you going to be excited for the stuff that Star Wars just announced I, or I, Disney uh, announced or whatever? I'm gonna just wrap up real quick. Yeah, the thing that this movie does really well though is it uh, the sound design. It um, it'll just like cut out at points as if like you're experiencing through his uh, his eyes like how he's starting to lose his hearing. It'll completely yeah. cut out. It'll also uh, early in the movie once he's starting to learn about subtitle, like he's starting to learn sign language. Uh, there's no subtitles. So you're just as confused as him. And then as he starts to learn, the subtitles start to show up in the movie. So essentially, it's just like a movie where you're kind of planted in, in this character's shoes and you're kind of figuring things out with him. And I haven't really, I don't know, I felt like an emotional and physical feeling that I haven't felt since. I don't even remember. It was just like, I kind of felt like it made me uncomfortable because it made me feel like I was losing my hearing. I would not want to be one either. I'd be pretty uncomfortable. So yeah, I agree with what you said, which is that it would be awful to be a deaf person. And, did, uh, did I say that? And that you hate deaf people. That is what you said. I I didn't say that. I, that didn't happen at all. What I did say was that it, it it's you know it's wonderful that throughout the movie he begins to learn how to deal with it and kind of not and something that's really cool that they do also is um. I didn't know this, and I'm sure you didn't, that deaf people don't view their disability as a disability. They view it as a sense of strength, and they go into that in the movie about how, like, the community he's a part of. There's this whole, like, plot line about him wanting to get um, implants, and the deaf community looks at implants as almost like a fuck you to the deaf community instead of them looking at it as, like, someone getting help. They're like, 
why would you want to change something about yourself? So they take it like a strength. So it's oh, so now you're speaking for the entirety of the deaf community. All right, you know what? I'm Pretty just big a... swing from one end of the spectrum yeah, to the I've, other. I've heard that too, though. That there's a lot of debate in the community over whether or not it's unethical for parents to refuse to let their deaf children get you know, cochlear implants and stuff, because why wouldn't you want your child to have all the advantages, but at the same time, it feels like they're losing part of that community if they can't hear. And exactly. And deaf parents that have, you know, hearing children, it's like a whole, it's a whole thing. I've heard about this before too. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And then once they, once they go into that too, they also, um, they go into the whole, like, it's not the implant. Obviously it's not your, your ears aren't working. So the sound design will plays into like, it sounds like robotic and very muffled because it's essentially a sensor to your brain to kind of make you almost like trick you into hearing. So like the sound design actually plays into, you get the sense of like, oh, he's hearing, but it almost sounds like you're hearing through a muffled phone. And I don't know, just from a sound design standpoint, I think this movie should honestly probably win next year. Cause like I haven't, I, I just, it's really cool how like, it'll cut out and then there'll be like a little bit of a score, but essentially you're, you're in his shoes the whole time. So if he's not hearing, you're not hearing. Yeah. I'd recommend the movie. Um, I think you're back in the good graces of the deaf community now. I'm I'm happy to hear it. I saved you. You're welcome. The, uh, yeah, but I'll recommend you to watch it because it took you one week to watch Mank, which I know you're about to talk about. Mm. So if I recommend you to watch this now, maybe you'll watch it next week. You're just kind of a week behind me. Maybe. I don't know. It's because I'm a content consumer. Just yeah, eat, I just eat the, I eat the content. I'm an influencer. All right. What did you watch this week? Uh, I watched Herman J. Mankiewicz, the movie. That's his name, right? I got it right? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, and Jeff it's, no, it's actually too. just Mank. Oh, okay. Told you, he's like, um, share. Jeff watched also the movie. I also watched the movie, yes. Um, it was a movie about a movie uh which is my favorite kind of movie you know me la la land all that well la la land's not about a movie well it's about the movie business and all that yeah i mean the best you know we're we eat up hollywood like stories about hollywood because we want we want to be a part of the capitalistic hollywood system right that's how we are i mean i'm already in it baby well, no, we want to get you even life. deeper. I am. I, my hands are in the trenches. I'm riding you, like a, I'm riding you like a horse right in there. Yeah. Um, get back so anyway, in the, the movie is a good movie. You know, I'll, I'll let Jeff, you know, he could speak more to that than I can. Yeah, well, I have a, a different perspective because uh, obviously I'm not a professional writer like you two guys are. Oh, um, thank you. I'm not, I'm not, though. The, the movie Either. was, it was definitely enjoyable. It was definitely interesting to see, you know, some of this uh, the history in, in Hollywood, but I'm not as obsessed with this type of stuff as you guys are. So it was, it was interesting for me to see, but at times the movie felt uh, a little masturbatory to me. It was Whoa, like, we don't, we don't swear on the show. I don't think masturbatory is. A I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's a word in the Bible. Oh, okay. I thought you said, yeah, film. that's the word that you're not allowed to say. Wasn't that what Strokes book, book of Strokes? 312 was about strokes 312 yeah well that would be a verse not a book but yeah well the book of strokes verse 312 sure yeah i got it okay yeah all right continue back on mank so yeah um masturbating and, and mank uh, it felt very much like 
might have watched the wrong night. It felt very much like uh, the, the writer was typing it with one hand while jerking herself off with the other about how awesome writers are and about how all writers are these deep, tortured souls that can't get out of their own way and they have like, so much story to tell. And I, I get that a lot of writers probably feel that way about themselves. I'm not even saying that it's wrong, but um, that, that definitely, that feeling came through a lot to me in, in watching this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. Doesn't mean I didn't think it was a great movie. I also felt that way. Because I was um, watching the movie in one hand, jerking myself off in the other. Together. When yeah. you guys are watching know, it's great, it together. You get to have like the real theater experience. <laughs> it's like well, being the writer who yeah. the movie about the writer. Exactly. Well, as it turns out, the writer's dead. Yes. David yeah. Fincher's dead. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I was curious to see what, um, what someone, because I've only heard people's, like who are very, either work in the industry or are very heavily involved in just, I don't know, movie criticism in general, they all seem to really appreciate the movie. And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of nice to hear someone who isn't as masturbatory about movies as we are, yeah, how they kind of felt about it. And I, cause I, I didn't know how accessible it is for someone who's not as like deep involved in, cause obviously this movie is very heavily like influenced about Citizen King cause it's about it, but also the, uh, the filmmaking structure. Like it's actually, it's pretty much Citizen Kane. Like it, the movie almost beat for beat is Citizen Kane. It just happens to be about the writer. Yeah, I thought um, the, like the, talking about the structure, I really like the cute little like interior. Oh, how it like actually was a script. Yeah. Like how they use the font too, the script font. Yeah, Yeah, no, I like that too. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely also, I can, I viewed, because we talked about it a little bit last week, so I won't go too into it, but it feels a lot like uh, David Fincher also is just very, almost like a fuck you to the Hollywood system about like credit and creative control and what it means and and also just being like the perfectionist that he is. It felt like the movie also kind of goes into that. So uh, yeah, and the one thing I will say that's sweet about the movie is that it would be really cool for it to win Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, because um, his daddy wrote it. Yeah, and then he got to make it. I could see this movie winding up for a lot of a lot of Oscars yeah, later I mean, down the line. It, like, it's not like an Oscar bait movie in the way that it's like manipulative, but like it is, it checks a lot of boxes. No, Hollywood loves to jerk themselves off, and this movie jerks off a lot about Hollywood. Yeah, this is a lot. There's a lot of wrench talk in this episode. A lot of, a lot of yanking cranks over Anytime here. Anytime the three of us get together, there's always a lot of wrench getting thrown around. That's true. That's figuratively and literally. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I think all three of us recommend Mank. You know, it's nice that yes. it's kind of like the second parter of my Mank review where yeah. you can't, you come in, so you appreciated it. Um, I did indeed. And I thought Amanda Seyfried was very good. No, I could see um, her. I, I she was a very good, like, old-timey movie star. I can see her winning Best Supporting Actress, because I, I think Gary Oldman will get nominated, but I don't think he'll win, because I think there's just too much. Honestly, I think Riz Ahmed for Best Actor this year should be is more higher up in terms of my, uh, who I think is going to win than Gary Oldman, just because Gary Oldman... I think he was better than what he won for because I think his Winston Churchill was just a dude in a fat suit. And I hate those. I hate those performances when it's just not, not, you know what? I just fucking signed myself up for a death warrant. I don't like when, like, I think Christian Bale worked as Dick Cheney because he actually gained all the weight. Like, it felt authentic. But Gary Oldman yeah. just threw if on a. Like, if you play a fat character and you don't get fat for real, like, you should probably be shot in the head. <laughs> 
That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but that's yeah, what that, that's verbatim what I just said. Because uh, honestly, it's like um, I know there's Matt Damon in The Martian, great performance. You know, obviously deserved to yeah, get nominated. Didn't get fat for the role though. No, did you know his beard wasn't real? <laughs> no, I I don't think about his beard in that movie very often. Oh well, he see the he they grew his beard CGI, so I don't think he uh, should have won because uh, he can't grow a real man. His beard, beard was CGI, it wasn't even like prosthetics. No, they just digitally oh. put it on. Oh man, how embarrassing! <laughs> Pulling the rug out from under me. I feel like Matt David could grow a fire beard. Nah, you know what? Never seen him with one. He's got a baby face. Yeah, I don't think he has any uh, facial hair follicles. None at all. We gotta get get his people on the line. Uh, we'll find out for next week. We'll, you know, I use bet your you call. Get his agent's number. Yeah, use his, I bet use I get his, his agent's cell phone number. Yeah, give him a call and just ask him: Does Matt have fucking hair follicles, and can he grow a real man beard? And we'll have the answer next week. So on the top of my to do list. But yeah, Amanda Seyfried was really segway. good. Segway. Oh well, I was just gonna say Amanda Seyfried's good. Great movie. Oh, I agree. Uh, Mank. What happened in the news, Eric? Name something. We did way more than 10 minutes for that. Well, that's fine. Because we'll just, we'll go quick on the news. I'm trying to find my things I sent you. There it is. Okay. The news. So, uh, Disney announced this week after, uh, I guess, is, do they usually have a yearly investor meeting? They do. Does it just feel like this one was a little more drawn out because they didn't have a D23? I think that's kind of why this was a big event. All right. Well, Disney announced every single property they have is going to have some sort of TV show or movie uh, at their investor meeting this week. So in total, there are 52 new Marvel, Disney, and Star Wars Wars. properties coming soon in one way or another. To go through all these would be ridiculous and it would take us four hours. Yes. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to highlight a little bit because I got them right here. Uh, the big ones were we got our first trailer looks at Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. Yes. Looks great. Uh, Loki yep. is DB Cooper. Yep. Loki or Falcon Winter yep. Soldier comes out in March and Loki comes out in May. So we're going to have a month gap in between shows essentially, which is pretty yeah. awesome. They're just going to keep hammering away. It's like every other month is Marvel and Star the Wars. opposite for uh, Star Wars. Though. Well, no, actually, eventually they're going to start to overlap because What If also got a trailer and that's coming out over the summer. So that'll right. probably line up with something else. And then Hawkeye's supposed to come out later in the fall. For the What If one, I think it's a really cool way to explore the, uh, the universe there. Yeah, no, I agree. And the trailer... Um, I know that there were a couple, like, ones that I knew they were going to go into, like, uh, you know, Captain Britain with Peggy Carter, if she was the one who got the serum. But, like, I knew that would happen. Uh, the one that was really cool was, um, I think Peter Quill, was was he Nick Fury? Was that what they were showing, or was he? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I saw the... T'Challa being taken instead of Peter Quill. Oh, that's who it was. It was that was T'Challa. the one I thought was. Okay, okay. Yeah, just and then they're gonna do like uh, Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange, like yeah, just some really cool well. shit. And then the one that I'm real excited for is Marvel Studios announced that James Gunn's doing a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That will. Be I fun. think that'll be fucking amazing. I think they said they're gonna film it during Guardians during, Three. Yeah, the third one. Yeah. So that should come out around 2022. Uh, for movies, the biggest news was. Oh well, I was just gonna. I'm all right. Fine, say yours. My favorite 
was well, we're not Mark's doing favorites favorite. yet. What that's what he did. I, I just said I was excited. That's what uh, yeah. I, just, yeah. I thought we were doing favorites. No, I'm trying. He said he was talking about what if, so I said I'm really excited. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to run through real quick so then we can do our favorites right, and then we'll run be through. I'll save it for later. All right. The biggest one out of the movies was that Kevin Feige announced that they're not going to recast T'Challa, uh, which was huge, which I kind of was, was expected. I don't think they should recast him. I think uh, you have plenty. You can obviously use his sister as the next Black Panther, which has kind of felt like they were going to eventually get to anyway. So just Although, kind of I, I feel like they should be recasting uh, Shuri because Letitia Wright is yeah, like right. super anti-science and anti-vax. Yeah, but uh, as Disney, as it shows with the Mandalorian and Gina Carano, I think Disney kind of just goes, forget about it. <laughs> we don't I mean, need we'll to see what happens with the next season because obviously they shot all of this stuff before. Well, also they just announced out show, which we will get into real quick. Bada bing, there's my fucking segue into Star right. Wars. They announced a Rangers of the New Republic show, which it's assumed that she, her, maybe Fennec, uh, Carl Weathers, and even maybe Bill Burr might come back. I would as, like to see more Bill Burr. Yeah. They got the Bad Batch, which is the Clone Wars sequel show about the people who premiered on there on the last season. Diego Luna is coming back in, Ant- in oh, Star Wars Andor. Yeah, we are. As a punchline. Yeah. Yeah, we love Diego Luna. That's, that's our that's Diego our Luna. That was like the first like joke we bonded over. I know, in a lo- I know, in a hockey locker room yeah, as young teenage boys, no pants. We would just kept saying Diego Luna. Yeah, our safe word. <laughs> That's what it was. It was getting used a lot. It was very scary in there. There's a the creator of Russian Doll, Tasha Leone. No, not her. Uh, oh. Leslie Headland is doing a show called The Alkaloid, which is a thriller TV series. Uh, set in the High Republic era, it's supposedly going to be like a crime series or something, which sounds really unique and cool. There's a Lando show coming. There's a droid. There's a C-3PO R2-D2 droid movie coming. Is Dong Lover playing Lando in the series? Does they haven't. They haven't. It must be still working out the deal. Some people think it might be like a Billy D. Williams and then Donald as flashbacks, which would be, be really cool. There's a anime anthology called Star Wars Visions. That does sound interesting. And then the big one is Hayden Christensen is returning as Darth Vader in Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is going to be fucking unreal. And the Ahsoka Tano show. Oh, and Ahsoka Tano, the one that I'm actually most excited for that I completely just didn't fucking say. Okay, then the movies real quick. There's only two. There's the Taika Waititi movie that's coming out that he's currently writing. And then the big surprise was Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman 1984 that's coming out next week on HBO Max, which is our next story. Is it really next week? Yeah, because Christmas. Christmas Basically. is in like two weeks. Oh, two weeks then. 12 days. She's directing a movie based on the Rogue Squadron, which is a fighter pilot movie. So essentially it's going to be Top Gun and Star Wars, which is going to be fucking cool. Yes. I think you're going to be stoked for that one. Well, you know me. I love, you know, shirtless beach volleyball. So yeah. They, they bring that back. Yeah, like some tweez, you know. Pretty cool. Yeah. Prisoner people. And I hope Kenny Loggins does the soundtrack. That would actually be hilarious. <laughs> if he did like a Star Wars song with Ludwig Garnson. Do you think he's going to be, Ludwig is going to be the next, uh, the next John Williams for the franchise? Do you think he's going to? I gonna... think he most certainly is. Okay. Because like the Mando theme is already so iconic. Yeah. You think they're going to turn away from John Williams since he's a bit older? 
Yeah, I mean, he's probably winding down his career. All right. The Disney ones, we, there's a lot. We don't really need to talk about them. The big ones were there's a Buzz Lightyear, Light, Lightyear prequel movie mm-hmm. coming out with Chris Evans as Buzz, which will be fucking cool. Yes, it will be. Pixar announced their first long-form animated series about a middle school softball team called Win or Lose. I'm actually pretty excited for that. Yeah, that sounds strangely grounded for Pixar. So yep, there's a, like a there's an iconic Pixar character short series coming starting in January called Pixar Popcorn. Uh, Cars is getting a sequel. There's and then yep. I don't know. That's like, a weird is one. Is there the demand for the Cars series? I hope Larry the Cable Guy. It's just about him. I don't Maybe. care for him much, to be honest. I don't either, but I think that would be the only positive way to go about it. There's we said Lightyear, oh, Luca, whatever. An Italian movie. Yes, finally. <laughs> a movie about an Italian, Italian boy. You the was it is it pronounced Bow or Bow? Uh, wait, what are you talking about? The short from The Incredibles. 2. Oh, the short Bow. Yeah. Bow, the, the director. The Vietnamese yeah, the Vietnamese soup. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. The uh, the director of that short is doing a movie called Turning Red about a 13 year old girl going through puberty that transforms into a giant panda when oh, she gets excited. Funny. Sounds like it could be really cool. And yeah, and then that's about it. I mean, we kind of, I wanted to run, it was hard to run through that really, really quickly. Um, Can I say my favorite one now? Cause you didn't say it. One second. The other news <gasps> is Disney plus she fucking sucks. Disney plus is getting a uh, adult only like adult feature called star, but it turns Disney out plus. that's not in America. We misread that. That's only international. Yeah. I, Cause, I noticed cause, that. Cause so Hulu is it isn't. Original porn or is it? Like it's like I think it's like Rule Thirty Four stuff, yeah. like homegrown Simpson stuff, strictly um, cars, Mickey Mouse, strictly gloves cars. off, strictly Larry the Cable Guy, yeah, dressed as a car, yeah, yeah, it's live action. He's just he's wearing not, the costume. Live action, Larry the Cable Guy. He's not getting much. He's not getting much work nowadays. So he honestly, they offered him it, and he fucking he signed it twice. Yeah, paycheck's a paycheck. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much it. And then Disney Plus is increasing its price to eight dollars a month starting yeah, in march 2021 which is like, not a big deal and obviously they were gonna do that like yeah i mean the whole eight, model is to eight, slowly increase eight dollars for theater quality for theater quality tv shows that i'm just gonna get every other month yeah i feel like the there are like certain tiers of streaming system uh streaming services and it's like netflix is the like always have it kind of one and disney is uh, disney plus is becoming that well disney like, just now they're adding catalog yeah all right, Nick, because we're powering through. What is your favorite project that's coming? Marvel's Fantastic Four, obviously. Yeah, I saved that one for you. I didn't oh, okay. say it. Yeah, so don't say I don't do anything for you. Um, I mean, I grew up like a big fan of... He's always Fantastic wanted uh, Mr. Fantastic Penis. One that yeah, can that. slide under doors and just um, kind of wiggle around. It's already very flat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and it's something that I live with. But, you know, it doesn't let me, it's not going to ruin my life. It's not going to control my life. And uh, don't be afraid of the virus. So it's just like having a flat penis. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I like, I just, I mean, I don't know if you remember, I had that like knockoff Lego set, like Mega Blocks or some shit of the Fantastic Four. I was talking about the flat penis. I was wondering where you were going Yeah, I smashed it with that box. That's why it's flat. That knockoff brand Megacox. Just igniting your your love of Fantastic Four. Megacox? Yeah, because I had a Fantastic Four inch in diameter flat penis. All right. But I digress. 
Uh, I got to use that. Yeah. <laughs> Craziest. That phrase all week in the wrong context. Yes. Finally put it to use. Yep. And Crazy. I do digress often. And, uh, and pretty much exclusively, I just only digress. I'm still using it, right? You are. Still digressing further. Yes. Craziest part about Fantastic Four was that uh, it's been rumored how much Peyton, Peyton Reed, the director of Ant-Man, all three Ant-Man movies, uh, wanted to do a Fantastic Four movie. And I think yeah. he even had a pitch earlier. Apparently uh, he's been trying to get that job since 2003. Yeah. And, no, it's the, it's the guy who did Spider-Man, John he's Watts. Doing, yeah. So John Watts got the job, which I personally... Wait, I actually figured out, though. Yes why that is i think ant-man's filming during the time when uh apparently fantastic four is being looked at to kind of so i think also it could be john watts has a better story or maybe spider-man is just going to be a part of the fantastic four and they're going to get rid of that stupid that stupid rock bitch the thing (laughs) yeah they're just i think he'll still be a part of it yeah Yeah. um but yeah so stupid rock bitch um fire guy can't see me, lady, and flat penis. Yeah, Mr. Flat Penis. This is my soft audition for the role of Mr. Yeah. Flat Penis. They're still taking. They're still. There's aren't aren't they still looking for story ideas? They're not um, like they're very heavy. I don't know if they're necessarily looking for story ideas, but there is no screenwriter attached to the project. Exactly. So throw in your throw in your fucking make it a softcore yeah. gay porno. Well, that'll be an easy one. Yeah. Softcore porno, because obviously Marvel's been pretty progressive as of late, diverse. So this is their next step to try to really get up there as a Fantastic Four. Yeah. Fantastic Four skin. That's yeah, what getting it's into the, the kink world, that'll um, definitely... That's the direction that Disney's always been headed toward. I'm going to go last for my favorite. So if Jeff wants to toss out if he has a favorite. Well, what if your favorite? Yeah, what if. And I've been really excited about WandaVision because I still don't quite know what it is i can't tell i I know it ties in with dr strange too um i think they all tie in with the new ant-man as well that's the the quantum Quantum mania so i'm trying to i know it's gonna be something that's gonna and spider-man 3 i think if said it goes spider-man 3 also it's gonna tie into that so because dr strange is gonna be spider-man 3 yeah yeah so i'm pretty sure it's gonna blow my mind um yeah and i'm trying not to read too much like i I really want to know what it's about i'm trying not to actually consume too much about it because i'm excited with what i've seen so far Mm -hmm. i don't want to even like i know that there's source material that it's been drawn from i'm staying away from it yeah not figure anything out i want to see it on on the screen but I've, i've been excited about that one for a while um yeah so Glad that they're moving towards getting getting it up and running. It's what January? January fifteenth. Yeah. January fifteenth. So Mando will end next week and then we'll have like a what? Two three weeks. Week, yeah, three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. About Verve Client, Jack Schaefer, creator, showrunner, and Verve Client, Megan McDonald, uh, staff writer on the show. And non Verve Client me for uh, being pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. Do all right. I get do I get to say my favorite? No. We're moving okay. on next segment. No, fuck you, all right? I've been waiting to say my favorite. It's not Marvel, Disney, or Star Wars. It's the Noah Hawley Alien TV show on FX that they announced. Ooh, it's going to be fucking... That's a, good, that's a good dark horse pick. Yeah. I. It's been rumored they were going to do an Alien TV show on Earth, set on Earth, and the guy doing it who did Fargo and Legion and Ridley Scott being attached to it, I'm really excited for that. And FX yeah. is like... I mean, they got the movies, but they, now they got yeah, now that now that now they got the shows. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're becoming like HBO level, just like yeah. where you kind of want to work. Most of my favorite shows 
like from the year are on FX. Like Always Sunny, um, Dave. And what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. I was just yeah. saying, Always Sunny just got renewed. For yeah. Four more oh yeah, that's yeah, a, that was a big announcement. Unprecedented. Yeah. Eight eight longest run live action sitcom. I think this is the season that they either last season was the season they did it, or this season coming up when they finish it will be the one that breaks the record. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen the, the original pilot they shot with, like with a, a different D? Yeah. yeah. They yeah, also shot. Eric, you showed it to me. And they shot it on like a Panasonic, like yeah. digital yeah. camera. Like went and bought it from Best Buy. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. and then FX like didn't really care enough. So they just signed. They like just apparently they just gave them the money to make the show because they were like, oh, this is kind of funny. And then now they're that just. was before FX was like a real network. Yeah. All they had was like The Shield and then Nip Tuck, that one show where everyone was having sex and yeah i never knew what that was about i just saw the title card a lot on like ads and i remember that it was stylized with like a, a slash in the middle yep tucking your, your junk under right yep. yeah, yeah yeah i guess it makes sense nip and tuck your junk yeah okay you know what i might make an executive decision should we talk about the denny villeneuve hbo thing real quick should oh we man well it, uh, 17 i mean uh, 417 all right very quickly, HBO Max is still getting a lot of shit for basically lying to all their talent now and saying, oh, we're just going to put all your movies on there, onto the streaming service. Fuck you. We don't care what you think. And Denis Villeneuve basically said, yeah, you guys are all really fucked up in a letter. Now we realize you don't care about the talent. So it seems like WB is going to have a lot of trouble in the future having people uh, build trustful relationships with them in order to obviously make movies. And he also thinks that Dune's been killed in the franchise, which I don't 100% agree with because Blade Runner 2049 is one of the best movies to come out in the past 10 years, and that movie fucking tanked. So, I don't think... It did. And I think Dune was gonna fucking not make a lot of money. I think people were really... Because Dune's a very... It's not Star Wars. It's very weird, and you kind yeah. And it's very out there. And of course... It doesn't have the same established fan base. That, yeah. And obviously that happens, like... There's random IPs that take off, like Avatar took off. Was that based on an established property? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. As it turns out, this whole time I forgot to plug my mic in. Oh, good. So the second half will be much better quality. Do I sound good now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Damn it. All right. Um, you yeah. sounded fine, but you sound better now. It's going to sound way better when I'm editing because that's what yeah. we'll notice. Mm. anyway uh yeah so a quick hbo max uh, i'm sure next week we can go a little bit more in depth in it because i'm sure like every other director in hollywood will come out and be like yeah we stand with each other because they all do and it sounds like they're gonna boycott yeah it'll be interesting yeah it's either they're gonna have to pay a lot of money to these to the talent or they're gonna have to basically revoke what they said and and be like yeah it turns out we're not gonna put all our movies on streaming and it's going to be really embarrassing because Disney Plus just announced that they win the streaming war. Yeah, I mean that would be the ultimate way for Disney to dunk on them. I mean that's what they—that's good shit out. Bob and, Iger was sitting there all week, fucking just rubbing his palms together, being like, "Dude, we are going to destroy them this week." Because all the news was, "Oh my God, Disney has everything I want coming out." And then Warner Brothers is like, "Hey, remember when we said the Matrix Four was coming out?" Well, now it's not, and you got to go to see it in theaters, but also you might die of COVID. But you know what? At least you'll get to see Neo. <laughs> you do get to see him. But, uh, yeah, the you know, the second mouse gets the cheese. That's what they say. So 
All right. Because they have the mouse. That's Let's... a line from a movie. Segway. Was the segue just that they we said, were they said the second mouse gets the cheese in fucking Iron Man 3. Oh, well, okay. That's my segue. Boom. Freeze! Don't move. You got me. Nice potato gun. Barrel's a little long. Between that and the wide gauge, it's gonna diminish your FPS. And now you're out of ammo. What's that thing on your chest? It's a uh, electromagnet. You should know. I've got a box of them right here. What does it power? Oh my god! That. That's. Is that Iron Man? Technically, I am. Technically, you're dead. That was point. What happened to him? Life. I built him. I take care of him. I'll fix him. Like a mechanic? Yeah. Hmm. If I was building Iron Man and War Machine... It's Iron Patriot now. That's way cooler. No, it's not. Anyways, I would have added in... um. The retro... Retro-reflective panels? To make him stealth mode. You want a stealth mode? Cool, right? That's actually a good idea. Maybe I'll build one. Not Oops. a good idea. What are you doing? You're gonna break his finger? He's in pain. He's been injured. Leave him alone. S sorry. Are you? Don't worry about it. I'll fix it. So, uh, who's home? Well, my mom already left for the diner, and Dad went to 7-Eleven to get scratchers. I, I guess he won, because that was six years ago. Hmm. Which happens, dads leave. No need to be a pussy about it. Here's what I need. So the movie of the week this week, we actually didn't even say we were what we were talking about early or in the episode. Oh, whoops. Last week we decided we were gonna do some Christmas themed movies and we start we decided to start out with one that's kind of Christmassy. You know, Christmas is a backdrop. I think it's pretty uh pretty relevant to the plot. Yeah. Iron Man three is a two thousand thirteen movie. Uh, in the MCU, it is the, obviously the third Iron Man. It was directed by Shane Black, who uh, took over for John Favreau after he directed the first two. Famous uh, for directing the best movie in the Alien franchise or the Predator franchise. I mean, yep, the one where the the way fuck how does how does it? I'm gonna spoil it because no one should ever have to see that movie. Spoiler alert! That's the show. Yeah. I'm pretty I sure guess. that the movie ends or the way that the predator, like it's something to do with like autism. And like, that's why they saved the race because like autism is how they beat it or something about like, yeah, they, they, va they vaccinated the predator and that's how they beat him. No, I'm actually 90% sure you're not off. Like I'm <laughs> like, they gave him autism with a vaccine. <laughs> like I'm pretty That's sure I'm pretty, actual uh, movie. I'm pretty sure like it was, there was a really weird plot point like that or later in the movie. Like I'm telling you wild shit. And like Keegan, Michael Key was in it. That's all I remember. <laughs> he played the vaccine, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So this movie is starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Guy Pierce, a bunch of other people. John Favreau's Rebecca back Hall. as happy. John Favreau's back as Happy Madison. I'm just kidding. Yeah. As Happy Hogan. And Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin. 
or at least so we think for Trevor Slattery. I was going just ruined my segue. I was going to do a whole like so we think for the first halfway. Chime in. I just come in with the jabs, you know. Will you fucking jab? I do a freeform jazz routine here. Thank you. It's interpretive dance of the mouth. Did you know this movie made one point two billion dollars? Uh yeah, I did. Huh. Really, off the top of your head? I do not know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about this one? I know that I've told you many times that this is one of my favorites of the MCU. I think this one's one of the most unique. Uh, it's obviously one of the darkest, really, if you kind of dissect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the theme of uh, anxiety is a it's a yeah. front and center, and you don't really see that in a superhero movie. Well. Not just that. I mean, the stakes are really, really like you. Like, True, it is terrorism and big shit like that. Not just terrorism. Guy right, Pierce yeah. from Memento. He yeah. said that he would own the war on terror. You notice Guy Pierce has tattoos in this again, and maybe he's just graduated from Memento to this. Yeah. Did you notice that I texted you that his tattoos look like Fin Fang Foom, the uh, famous Iron Man dragon villain? I did notice that because you told me. Yeah, I did text you. That's how you noticed. Can I tell the story of when Jeff and I saw this movie together for the first time? Absolutely. Is it a great story? I do remember. It was Jeff's graduation from college. Okay. I just aged him through the math. The one person listening, Crystal, our stepsister. Uh, Yeah. Wait, no, no. I think your mom might listen because she did. She also knows how old I am. Yeah, she was there. She's she, been there the whole time. But she They're sent me, yeah. but she did send me call back on that's face. Common. She sent it on Instagram. I don't know who to either the group page or either our uh, podcast page or my personal page. She sent a hands clap, clap. reaction. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank yeah. You. So <laughs> that's the support so anyway, I've been looking for. Yeah. Tell your Jeff story. Jeff was graduating from college, May 2013, and I was up. Um, and I was like staying with him, hanging out for the day. Um, and I just gotten these new Sperry's boat shoes. They were all the rage when I was. I have in, a pair too. Uh, I think it was in eleventh grade. Yeah. yeah. And I did not know that they hurt to break in. Oh so shit! We walked like a mile and a half from. You lived in like Packard's Corner, Packard's Corner yeah. in Alston, Massachusetts. Everybody listening knows where that is. And we walked from there down to Fenway Park, where the Regal was. And I feel like I remember climbing a fence or something. Was that involved? Or we, like, walked through a parking lot, and it was kind of sketchy. Yeah, probably a sketchy parking lot. Yeah, but anyway, um, I got mad blisters on my ankles and uh, or heels. And by the time we got there, my, uh, my feet were all bloody. And, and then we watched the movie. And we were with Les. I think. Did we meet Les there or something? I think we met him there, yeah. Yeah. And, that, and then we watched the movie, and it was a great night. And that's the story. Hey, honestly, that would be a great pitch for you to walk into Marvel Studios and be like, I bled to go see Iron Man 3. Give oh, that's me a, a good idea, yeah. G- give me a fucking I can bring job. The bloody, the bloodstained Sperry's with me. Do you still have them? Uh, they're somewhere in my closet at home. Yeah. Honestly, for some weird reason, I remember you showing me these I, they're like blue sperries with the yeah you inside. you definitely the like pulled them out like tan from the blood you've definitely pulled them out and been like hey i was bleeding during iron man 3 and then yeah. that was a story but that's a great I'm story this shit, dog. um i saw the movie that's that's my story and nothing happened yeah. and i liked Did it you like it when you saw it 
yeah i thought it was fucking unreal i mean i'm a i'm a marvel head now like i like the marvel movies but when i was like in high school dude i jizzed all over marvel i fucking remember when i was gonna see age of ultron i was shaking during it like during the beginning like oh my god i'm gonna see avengers too it's pretty sick yeah but then like i didn't like age of ultron as much when i saw it the first time but now i've grown to like it so shout out we're not talking about shout out joss whedon uh he's mm-hmm. you know, a plus a plus guy and I, i've heard he's pretty that guy sucks heard he's great to work with on set got from the nevers <laughs> is that true yeah no i thought he's like st- a breaking news story that's well like- no he stepped down that's the oh, story. I thought I got fired. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe you should just fucking read a book or something and not assume you know things. Maybe I read it in a really important top secret email. You know, you're gonna get yourself tell. you're gonna get yourself fired one of these days when someone puts into our podcast that yeah. we don't expect. Yeah, I'm definitely advertising this podcast to my coworkers. Well, they'll find it eventually. They'll find it when we're big. I have faith. Anyway. So Iron Man 3, obviously, the plot revolves around uh, Tony after the whole New York battle in the Avengers. He's suffering from PTSD, and it kind of just goes into um, – and then there's, there's a terrorist named the Mandarin who has been basically – I don't know. Would you say he's been, the, he's been kind of the guy causing every terrorist attack in fucking the Iron Man universe? right like that's kind of what it's i mean not like not in the way that like blofeld says that he caused all of james bond's pain like he wasn't responsible for everything that's happened up to that point but like i think it was just like relatively recently yeah yeah he was just the new he was the new found fad he was like the new guy that everyone yeah yeah and then he obviously it uh happy hogan uh tony's bodyguard and I think it's I think it's honestly his best friend he says, right? Like it's his best yeah. buddy. Waxed. He uh he's caught in a bombing that's Mandarin that's uh the Mandarin kind of orchestrated and Tony basically goes on a revenge mission. A lot of chaos ensues and it all stems back to his past in nineteen ninety nine when I'm blue is a big deal and and that's the way this, the movie opens. That's and, how you know it's going to yep. be a banger, right? Up the, and right up Maya the Hansen is a scientist who basically creates cool plants and they blow yeah. up. She's the sister of the brothers in the band Hansen. <laughs> yep. And the other Hansen brothers from Slash. Yeah. They're all, they're all one yeah. family. There's seven siblings. She's well, the that's, middle child. Oh, and I texted you this, but you never answered me because... You, there was like three hours where I sent you like 10 messages and you didn't answer. Yeah, you sent me like 40 things and I was asleep for most of it. So okay, well, Mambo number five plays in the lobby of the hotel that Tony's in in 1999. Oh, shit, I didn't even notice that. Well, I had my headphones on. They were picking up a lot more sound than I noticed before. And you hear... And I was like, I was like, fuck, dude, Iron Man 3 is the best movie ever made. Can we use that for the outro or the intro music or something? Yeah, I don't think Loop... Lou Bag is going to care about copyright infringement. Yeah. And even if he does, I think he'll understand when I show him my playlist called Songs to Fuck To. And it's just 10 Mambo number fives. And then I always question you with, why does it take you 10 Mambo number fives to bust? <laughs> I mean, it's not like timed out. I don't know. If I... Wiggle room. Nine Mambo number fives of foreplay and half a Mambo number five of <laughs> Exactly. It's your win song, your game song, and your pre and your pregame song. Yeah. Like I said, Iron Man 3 is one of my favorites in the MCU. I I think the thing that really 
I think distinguishes this from the rest of the MCU is obviously Shane Black. I think his script is pretty, I don't know. I'd say it was a pretty, I don't want to say perfect because I mean, I don't think it was like, I don't know. What do you think? I wouldn't call it perfect, but I think it's the most, it was the first like interesting story that broke the mold of the Marvel. I think it was the most inventive Marvel story with, especially with obviously the the big like reveal. Yeah. Because that they did Ragnarok. I think this was the first, or did Black Panther come first? No, right. Yeah, Ragnarok was 2017. So yeah, that would be the first. I would, I would say. um, Artistic voice since then. I would say, yeah, it, this was the one that really felt like. So, I, mean, I like this one a lot because, like you guys said, it breaks the mold, but I think it's also looking back, it really was like the first time where Marvel pivoted from just being straight up superhero movies to being like different kind of movies set within a superhero universe. Like you mentioned, this was like a straight up like revenge action flick, and then you had, you know, Civil War came next, which was like a spy thriller, and then. You know, going from there, the, the, I think it's when the Marvel Universe really became a, a universe. It was not just a bunch of superhero movies mm-hmm. which they tied together. Yeah. Uh, it was also only the second one in the universe that I saw in theaters. I didn't really start getting into MCU until mm-hmm. uh, The Avengers. I'd only seen the first Iron Man, I think, when I saw The Avengers and went back and watched uh-huh. the other ones retroactively. So seeing this in theaters like really showed me that, oh, there's a whole lot more to happen here. And I got mm-hmm. really excited for the rest of them, and I've been a, an avid consumer of all the mm-hmm. content since then. Yeah, I like the way that it referenced the, like everyone called it like New York as it was the you, Avengers. You had to know what yeah. New York meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Recently seen the Avengers to know what was going on. This one, this one, I will say, in terms of like early Marvel, the early Marvel does feel more standalone as opposed to later Marvel when it feels like you got to actually watch. You got to be really, really kept up, almost like a TV series where, like, you yeah. can't miss an episode. Um, but this was the first one, I'd say, where it really felt like even, like, the Avengers you could consume without really seeing the other ones because, like, it was pretty standalone. Like, oh, these guys are all just getting together. Look at these. Yeah. Look at these. Dudes. But uh, yeah, this one group of this one was the first one in all, that, while it's a very standalone, um, honestly forgot it was actually feels like a trilogy under the way that it wraps up. Yeah, uh, but th- this was the one that felt the most TV episode-y too. With like, you have to know the references from before. They talk about like, ever since the hammer fell in the sky, um, yeah. or the yeah, green guy fell in the sky. Like they reference like, way to say it. yeah. So it, it this one, while it stands alone, you also need to kind of know, uh, you need to have prior knowledge, and I I do appreciate that. But um, yeah, the whole, um, the whole theme of Tony basically like his obsessive compulsive nature of having to build suits, having to be the hero uh, while not being able to really handle dealing with his relationship and, and being able to just be a normal person. He's got to be the, he's got to be the guy who's always the one yeah, fixing the problems. I, I wanted to talk about like the, the movie really sets the stage for the rest of, you know, the overarching plot for the universe mm-hmm. that Tony wants to, Know, put a like a blanket around the world. Yeah. Like, I think that's what he says. Like, a suit of know, armor around, suit of armor around the world. That's what he says in Age of Ultron, and this really shows, you know, where that came from. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you, you it came from his his harrowing experience going through the wormhole and all that stuff with New York. But you see it manifest in his brain, and like they really do explore mm-hmm. the anxiety that he deals with, being what he thinks is like the best chance for humanity, um, and just feeling like he absolutely you know has to 
work around the clock. Like, like they mentioned early on, he hadn't slept in 72 hours. Yeah. And he just, he feels like he just has to yeah. put every ounce of himself into it. And that's what leads to him taking a misguided approach with trying to build Ultron and not, mm -hmm. you know, doing it quite properly. And that's what sets up everything going forward. Um, which is, again, why I think this one is, you know, at the time, I kind of, it, it was really exciting, but I kind of threw the plot away as like maybe not being super important, but you realize in retrospect that it really does set the table mm -hmm. for, for the rest of the story. There's a, a, like a school of thought or like a, a saying, I guess, in like screenwriting that you need to have a, uh, make like the worst thing possible happen to your character um, to sort of be like the universe is laughing at you. I think PTSD like, is up there in terms of the things that you add to like a character's journey. I would yeah, mark that as like a top. Yeah. The, the inciting incident or whatever tragedy you give to them, it has to be like the universe specifically tailored it for them. And for Tony, like destroying everything he loves or like his suits or, and almost destroying the only person he loves. Uh, I guess he loves happy too, but whatever. Yeah, he almost got destroyed too. It's like killing everything that he loves, well, losing everything he cares about. That's is... the thing that that's the thing I love about Iron Man three. Also, is it's it's even though it's like a superhero movie and it's very it has to it has to kind of fit into that like bigger than you know the big grand scale battle and everything and like has to be larger than life because it's you know Tony's a superhero. In the end, this is just a personal story about a guy really trying to deal with like his trauma that's really like all this movie is about and it honestly and it's about like him trying to figure out who he is and like the whole aspect of who am i if i don't have the suit and and that's obviously like a big story throughout the entire mcu of iron man's journey and tony's journey is like you know i need the suit in order to feel like i feel safe like it's a safety blanket mm -hmm. and this one yeah. the thing the thing that this one does is it does the dark knight rises thing where like takes away his the thing that makes him feel safe it takes his suit away and it shows him have to be a uh an inventor like it yeah, shows him have to, to be the smartest guy he has to be the smartest guy in the room and uh, we, oh i was just gonna say um the thing also is that a lot of people early on were like they didn't like that it wasn't didn't have a lot of iron man in it but that was the thing i actually really appreciate about this one was that it like you got to really see tony like you got to mm. actually yeah, and when all the Iron Men come yeah. in the end, it's super tasty. It's it's a fucking bukkake. It's a bukkake of Iron Men. Yeah. <laughs> the two things I was gonna say related to this was, you know, you talk about whether whether he is Iron Man, whether the suit is Iron Man. Mm -hmm. You have you have a lot of that going on where you have, you know, the suits without him inside it. Like early on, when yeah. the suit greets Pepper at the door, and he's not in the suit, and he you know, he's downstairs tinkering. It's like, which one is Iron Man? Is it him? Is he? Mm -hmm. All consumed by it, or is he able to extricate himself from that persona and be a, be a person, and, you know, yeah. be a man and a husband and all that? And then you see that when all the you know he remote controls the suit to save the president and all those mm -hmm. people, and then when all the suits show up, so these are all manifestations of Iron yeah. Man. He's in them to be Iron Man. And an interesting one, good character moment. Thank you for bringing this up. When he's in the garage, when he first meets Ty Simpkins, um, Harley, the little kid. The kid who shows up in Endgame and no one knew who yeah. he was. No one knew yeah. Who he, was. Um, <laughs> he points at the suit and he's like, is that Iron Man? And Tony, he goes, technically I am. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so he can make the distinction when it's like a snap judgment moment. 
And that's the time, and that's the kind of moment when the camera turns and you see Shane Black on a computer and he looks at the camera and goes, I could write. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say was um, I really liked the the analog Iron Man where he goes to Home Depot or whatever. yeah. Puts, like like I said, he's, it's it's him, you know, inventing and being. It's it. showing that I like you forget that Tony Stark is supposed to be this smart inventor guy, and all you see him yeah. really make is is uh is Iron Man suits. But he the way he just makes like Chris. Speaking of Christmas, yeah. he makes like Christmas ornament bombs. Yes. Like that's. And, and that was what yes. you I say. pointed that out when we were watching that that is the definitive moment that this is a Christmas movie, because if they were not ornaments at Home Depot, he could not have made those bombs, and it would be a different movie. He also early in the movie, he literally is get trying to uh, practice the whole like suit up with it injected into his arm, the little remote control. Um, mm-hmm. It's he's doing it to Jingle Bells. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean also the big ass present that he gives the pepper. Yeah. yeah, the one with does it have arms or is those big rabbit titties? Do you know what I'm I talking about? It was yeah, like, <laughs> stubby arms. Yeah, I think it had yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought maybe it she... was oddly placed and oddly mm-hmm. sized. Yeah, I, I thought maybe they have multiple nipples. It could be that. Could be I that. thought it was like six juicy, juicy rabbit t- nips. You know, six, six nips. We'll never know. These are the questions that. Uh, the universe yeah, I've actually know. personally one time found Shane Black's personal Facebook, so I think oh, I'm gonna. I, I sent that to you. I'm oh gonna... yeah. Through you, I was gonna yeah, end it's with weird as shit. Yeah, I'm going to send him. I'm gonna send him a DM and be like, "Hey, man, were those nips?" <laughs> that, that would be a great pitch for a what if episode. What where, if Bunny had nips? Yeah, well, like, what if it was clear? And <laughs> it's just, uh, it's uh, just a monologue from the rabbit. Maybe Pepper would have been more into it. That's true. Shit. I some... Iron Man three. Inspiration for Doom. We got to talk. Yeah. We got to talk about the last, uh, the last big thing we talk about, and then I have two questions, and then we can get the pitch real quick to end the episode. But uh, we got to talk about the twist. I mean, that's the biggest mm-hmm. part. That's the that was the biggest deal in 2013 when this came out. I will say that, in terms of like a twist in a movie, especially one as big as Iron Man and a big blockbuster, I don't want to hear what. Ed, and no one knew this was coming. There was no yeah, yeah and and it's for it's kind of foreshadowed the whole time. And I'm going to tell you why. Let's hear it. Do you remember what Tony wrote on the napkin or on the little uh, on the little name tag to Rebecca you Hall's character? Who I am. Yeah, the Mandarin says in one of his speeches, "You know who I am." Oh. And shit. I picked it up right away, and I was like, "Dude, that's really, really, really deep." But holy shit, that's a really good play. Like, you know who I am. Yeah. Yo, and you I was, me of my foreshadowing thing but keep going okay yeah i had no idea this twist was happening i know plenty of people who were pissed off when they saw this because like the mandarin is the best villain in the eye it's like if the joker was a stage actor and i'm like well the joker was a comedian in joker so yeah if the joker was like an insane performance artist that would be a very interesting take so exactly this was really interesting and it's in a way, they give you the Mandarin. It's just not the real Mandarin. And people were pissed off. So now Marvel's like, hey, we're going to give you the real Mandarin now. <laughs> yeah. And also, Marvel was streets ahead in terms of being woke because it would have been pretty problematic if Ben Kingsley was playing a character called the Mandarin. Exactly. That was a big deal when this was coming out on the internet. It was like, wow, there's a white actor playing. Uh, well, the Mandarin in that is supposed to be Middle Eastern, right? Um, like, 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 His character? 
like that he's playing. Yeah, uh, it's kind of ambiguous. I don't. And, know. But the Mandarin yeah, in the, he's also pretty ambiguous. Yeah, I think, yeah. He's, like half I think he's half Indian. Okay, well then that actually yeah, that actually works so, out. Yeah, so. that worked. But but then also the Mandarin in the comics is supposed to be Asian. Yes. So like that was all. Everyone was like, Mandarin. "Wow, this is exactly." So they were like, "Wow, that's pretty fucked up." But actually, they got you, and they yeah. they were they weren't woke, and then they were woke. You see, I'm here, but I'm him, but I'm not him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His uh, whole like every scene he's in is hilarious. His his entire monologue explaining about how like I I've done things on the street that a band shouldn't do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just and I'm just like wow. Like Marvel, this movie also gets away with a lot for it being a Disney movie. Like it actually yeah, like it's pretty cheeky. Yeah. yeah, like and, and like Marvel movies. Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy has some like jizz jokes in it and stuff, but this one's like this one's more like loads more adult in terms of like the content and also just like the things he says like i remember happy earlier in the movie goes like i don't remember altrich killian and happy's like yeah because it wasn't a blonde with a big rack yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um i was like wow for disney well i think this was still when paramount was distributing so they kind of got around like the disney thing a little but I don't know. Yeah. Disney, right? When did Disney well, buy well Dis- uh, my I own it and it's a Disney, it's a Disney like a Disney Blu-ray. So it is like Disney owns it. And I think Disney distributed. I think Paramount was just like allowed to put their logo on it. Like I think that was Paramount like might have still been the studio. Yeah. Um, but if you notice the Marvel logo is first and then a Paramount logo is second. And that means Marvel distributed it. So they they were the ones who were in Marvel, charge. Well, no, Marvel's not a distributor. Marvel's a studio. Disney is the distributor. What? All right. Yeah, actually, you're right. And what I meant was, like, Iron Man 1 and 2, the Paramount logo is the first logo in the movie. Mm-hmm. And in Iron Man 3, the Paramount logo comes after the Marvel logo. Yeah. So well, I, think I think that... Marvel Studios had been established at that point. Yeah, and I think they're the ones who were essentially, like, Paramount just had a deal to have their logo kind of put in the movie. Like, they still got co- co-producing rights, is what, right? Is that what we're getting at? Coach, um, or maybe they're the distributor, I guess. But that would be kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I, I, if only I, there was a, a tool that we could use to search this up. I'm not going to do it because we have to get back to talking about the twist real quick so we can wrap yeah. up. His entire, his entire, the reveal, the way it's played out, um, and also just like the way that they have uh, uh, Tony. And then later when Brody shows up and he's just like, are you serious? This is the Mandarin? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what was your foreshadowing you were... Uh, yeah, so in the final fight at the big box with all the shipping containers, mm-hmm. there's one that says Norco or Normco or something like that. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And I think that could potentially be retconned as this universe's Oscorp for uh, Norman Osborn. Oh, shit, Will Lutz missed the field goal. Um, but yeah, I feel like that could be a sneaky way to, because they retconned Peter Parker being in Iron Man 2. That retcon, Mr. Green Goblin himself, Osborne, being in Iron Man three. I like it, and honestly, that's that's a good that's a good pickup by you. You're a genius. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, not the first person to see it, but I haven't done enough research about it. I haven't seen anything about it before, and I'm the research king. All right, breaking news then. We're gonna see on Variety tomorrow that Norman Osborne was in Iron Man three the whole time. Yeah, so I so the two things are we done about the twist, or do you have anything else you want to I'm, say about? I'm good on the twist. It was pretty twisty, and I liked it. But it was very twisted. It's a big fan. It's a little twisted. All right, two things. From us, I'm gonna try to think of like a rating system for 
like how Christmas this movie is. Gumdrops. Ho- hold on, hold on. From I was trying to think of like two movies, like something that's kind of Christmassy, and then like the most Christmas movie of all time. So I was trying to think of like two movies in, and then something like in between, like um, from how about the Nice Guys because it only has it at the very end. Right. From the Nice Guys to It's a Wonderful Life, how Christmassy it's a is. Wonderful it? Life is barely a Christmas movie. All right, from the Santa Claus Three with Martin Short. The Escape Clause. Yeah. Or wait, is it is the Escape Clause the no. No, the second one's just called the Santa Claus too. The third it's one's the Escape called... Clause. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, it but is the, Miss, the Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Right, right, right. I know a lot about Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, which is yeah. maybe in next week's movie. <laughs> I thought it was uh, Eyes Wide Shut. No, we got to watch Eyes Wide Shut together because I need to show you oh, the uncut right, one right. with all the tits in it. Right. The fine. That's not why we're watching it. I would, yeah, I would uh... make this on a scale of Nice Guys to Santa Claus 3. I would say that this is Iron Man three. Um, that did that did that did yeah. answer any question. Is this would you would you deem this a legitimate Christmas movie or are we is this too I think unorthodox? It's putting in the rotation. Okay, I don't right. watch it often, so I might as well watch it at Christmas because it's a Christmassy movie. I don't like, think it's Christmassy enough to crack anyone's real like top. Like, it's not like Die Hard where the whole movie yeah. is Christmas. Yeah. Like it's a Christmas party and it's a, and it all takes place at the party and it's because of Christmas that everything happens. Yeah. But I'd say you could count it. Yeah. Okay. Because like I was thinking like I'm trying to think. Um, Reform could put it on there the, 25 days of Christmas and I wouldn't put up a fight about it. Like the night before if you've seen that. That's that's I know that's like a but that's, that's also like a Christmassy that's, movie. That's directly Christmassy. Yeah. I thought that was a half Hanukkah movie wasn't it? No it's just Seth Rogen is just Jewish. <laughs> Seth Rogen is Jewish but goes to yeah. Christmas Eve. Alright well I'm assuming if there's a Jewish character. Balls, yeah. I'm assuming if a Jewish character <laughs> if a Jewish character's in the movie I'm assuming that it's automatically a Hanukkah movie. <laughs> I mean to be fair the original Christmas they were Jewish. Yeah that's true. Jesus was Jewish so yeah. It's pretty Christmassy to have Jews on, on Christmas yeah. Eve. All right. Breaking it's, news. It's born on Christmas. Shouldn't there be like a Christmas bris tradition? Maybe that was the That's... 12 days. At the end of the, end of the 12 days. That when they then, they, then they sniff? They don't usually yeah. do the bris the day they're born. It's That's true. They're, they're not ready. Yeah. Breaking news. That's on, on our other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. yeah. It's called the Circumsystem. <laughs> and uh, we just break down the process of how, how to go about sniffing your tip we've done more than one episode yeah no there's there are a lot of episodes look it up and then the timey radio and then the last thing that i like to ask you nick every week is uh what are your guys favorite part of iron man 3 whether it's a performance whether it's a Haley as gary oh dude i was honestly i I noticed but i like modeled my whole look after you and then he shows the he's like hispanic and scott Bayo. <laughs> yeah which is like weirdly the same genre of joke that's in the end of the nice guys where they they have like the ad dude the paper, I th- and he's like i'm sorry you look filipino you know the biggest thing they say about screenwriting is like just write like essentially write the same thing over and over again that's yeah. kind that's kind word of like this the same screenplay that's my I'm, tip that I can can like eight times. Yeah. yeah i mean jake uh he's He's a king. Look how good he is. Shane Black's just writing the same. Oh, and like the same joke I said with you was. Um, oh, he'll stop doing it. Yeah, no, he'll stop doing it. And he goes, stop doing, doing what? what? And then he, yeah, and he does that. And the nice guys. So that seems like that's Jake. That's, uh, yeah, that's a. I keep calling him Jake Black. Black. I don't know why. I don't know who Jake Black is. <laughs> um, Maybe it's his kid. 
All right. So your favorite guy, your favorite part is Adam Paley. All right. Uh, is it Jeff. Paley? I thought it was Adam Pally. Uh, fucking Paley Pally. Jeff, what's your favorite part of Iron Man 3? Um, besides Rebecca Hall and the red lingerie in the beginning of the movie, which that's what's up. Definitely a big fan of that. Mm, chicks. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I just, I just love Happy as a character. I think he is just hilarious. <laughs> no, it, uh, so I'm like glad you brought him up. Coma, that's pretty funny. Yeah, besides the coma I'm, part, No, I'm glad you brought him up early, like, mullet happy, or early yeah, long hair happy. What, well, when he, mullet happy was great. Yeah. I, I'm actually modeling my love up. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. When him and Rebecca Hall are in the room together and Happy's closing the door and he's going, mm-hmm. And he's yeah, like, nah, in his head. I mean, John Favreau is also just yeah. delightful. He's the king. As well. But I mean, I don't know if it's part the character or part the actor. It's, I'm sure it's both. But I, I just love the way he, he is with, with Tony and with Pepper. And he's like, just always, I mean, he always has like, there's a way to do something. And there's a way to do it that's just funnier. And like, probably not the way anyone would actually do mm-hmm. anything. And that's usually what Happy ends up doing. <laughs> yeah. And also, Which, he breaks that guy's nose at one point. Yes. From the Chinese yeah, community. I feel like Happy could throw some major hooks. Like, yeah. I mean, remember, doesn't he? Happy's a boxer in Iron Man yeah. 2, remember? Yeah. And, uh, and Black Widow beats the shit out of him. Or she puts him in like yeah. an arm bar. Yeah. Yeah, no. And the other part, the whole like badge yeah, you everyone got your badge. Yeah, but like that—that's a running gag throughout the movie. Like when he yeah. says to the nurse, he goes, "Make sure everyone has a badge. Yeah. Uh, he, they can't come in the room if they don't." And he loves Downton Abbey. That's also yeah, honestly. And I think it's just—I think the whole destruction of Tony's mansion that is like top yeah. three to me uh, Marvel action sequences in the whole MCU. Just I—I I just yeah. that that entire part with the whole like giving Pepper the suit. Mm-hmm. And then him taking it back and him shadowing th- her becoming rescue. Exactly. Also him uh, also him showing uh and then showing like the suit's not ready for battle mode, so he has to use like the uses the piano as like uh, as a weapon. Yeah. And then he uses like the he, awesome. Yeah. Like he has to be inventive about the way he takes down the helicopter, which again shows that he's the smartest. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say. But yeah, that that um that whole entire sequence is my is one of my favorites. But uh, the last thing I'll say, how do you guys feel about Pepper not dying? Because I feel like it would have been kind of cool if they killed her off. I know it doesn't. Um, I'm glad they didn't because she is the only thing that grounds Tony. Yeah, but uh, also I think it would that was that was one either. of the the only issues I have with the movie is like it felt super bait and switch for them to like play like oh she's dead and then like her to come back like it doesn't it feels very like we're not I afraid mean, to kill her. They gave you the, all the hints yeah. because she had the extremist. It shit. does no, it does it does I I agree, but like it's just one of those things where like when people's complaints about Marvel are like they're afraid to kill any characters, that's one of the only times where I've agreed like that feels very it feels like they they do the whole like emotional she's dead and then just to be like up oh, she's back i mean i i don't think it's like a bait and switch for the audience it's a bait and switch for tony i mean unless you're not paying attention you don't like follow the that makes that makes sense like me knowing what happens to her throughout the mcu and her eventually becoming rescue and like her being alive and being the the, the living parent of morgan stark like that that I'm okay with when you see the grand outs. But I remember in 2013, I was like, damn, it would have been so cool if they killed Pepper only because, like, it would have just given Tony and even... But also, it would have been super, like, Tony would have just had the... Sh- Tony would become, off the rails. Yeah, he'd be yeah, more like he, Thor in... Yeah, uh, he'd just be... Yeah. yeah, and I feel like you can't... Like, Tony's been through so much shit. You're supposed to give him kind of, like, the happy, like, the allure of him becoming 
like happy where he is. Yeah, but then he's not because then like in Avengers: Age of Ultron, he just has suits again. I remember the being like, oh, I guess I guess he's Iron Man now. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, Iron Man three. We're putting it in the Christmas uh, Christmas pot. It's it's a Christmas movie. We've all agreed. Yeah. It's got six out of six Christmases. <laughs> that yeah, that's the official rating. I have to pull up a uh, an idea. Oh yeah. So what we like to do, Jeff, I know as you're a fan of the pod, you probably know it's coming, but uh, we like to give pitches, like just, you know, ideas we maybe have uh, for like a movie or a TV show or something, something funny, or I actually have a serious idea today, not something that's based on an IP, but yeah, just anything you off the top of your head, if you don't have something kind of thought up no, or you don't have to give one, you can listen to us. Like you don't have to, if you don't want to like I've got a couple of things I've been working on. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Um, uh, Backdoor Sluts 5, because I've been really waiting for, I've been really waiting for the, well, the, thing the is, fifth no, one. We, we filmed it, but I forgot to take the lens cap off. <laughs> so it's, it's all audio. Yeah, it could be a podcast. It could be a podcast. We can put that on as a clip show episode. What, Backdoor Sluts 4? Yeah. I don't know. I got my idea up. I don't really remember writing it because I wrote it at um, 4 a.m. You wrote it when you were just tanked. Maybe. All right. Do you want me to go first today since you went first last time? Or does Jeff want to go Did first? I go first last time? I yeah, don't recall. I can, I can go yeah. first. Um, <laughs> so your piece. An idea that I had a couple of years ago that Nick ended up actually writing for a class of his. Um, oh, yeah. I totally butchered it, though. Yeah. Um, but I've been... It's, um, it's a comedy thriller about two uh, neurotic New York City werewolves. Two brothers. <laughs> Yeah, it's just called Two Brothers. I'm pretty sure Nick made the same joke when I said this the first time, yeah. too. What, the whole Rick and Morty bit, Two Brothers? Yep. <laughs> but it's a couple of neurotic New York City werewolves that are trying to uh, escape to the countryside for their annual transformation night, and they are pursued by a werewolf hunter. It's um, like a Tarantino meets uh, Woody Allen with werewolves. So Woody Allen is a werewolf? A Woody Allen inspired character. Uh, Woody Allen's kind of touched to. Yeah. We're not, not going to actually talk to Woody Allen about this project. Wait, so, isn't this Bad Moon Rising? Yes. Yeah. That's the one. That's that the Nick, that's the one that I wrote, but I took it in a way different direction. No. Oh. It was originally my idea. Nick was Nick used it yeah. for his uh, for his piece, but he I, went in a very different. He went a little more. Like, I extrapolated uh, on it. A little more like, like uh, poppy tone. Yeah, and mine's the. My idea was originally much more along the lines of like a Tarantino or a Coen Brothers type. Yeah, which... They wouldn't touch this script that I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> this, this would be directed by like some guy who's done a couple of episodes of like... Well, Morgan J. Freeman, the guy who directed American Psycho 2. <laughs> I, maybe not that, but like someone who's done like one episode of the second season of... SVU. in the Shadows. Oh, okay. So they've got some comedy like mystical experience, but they've never done a feature. Oh yeah, well, no, you're right. SV, SVU, not real comedic. SVU is not really comedic. That's my version, yeah. Yeah, definitely meant to be a, a, a darker darker kind of comedy. Your, I thought yours was more, less less comedic, Nick. Cause I, well, I not, not for lack of trying. Yeah. <laughs> no. Remember, I remember I j fucking jerked off over it for like a good month. I was like, we should give this to Blumhouse and they'll make it into a franchise. And then I mean, there are good franchise seeds in it. That I will say, I did an all right job with. Like, that the was world building. definitely what you were trying to do. Yeah. Is build more of a world where all of this stuff exists. Whereas yeah. mine was trying to be more rooted in like, 
okay, it's the regular universe we already exist in, but yeah. werewolves are a thing. Yeah. Essentially, the Invisible Man. Like, that's what you were, the new Invisible Man movie, where yeah, it's like, it's very rooted. Man. Yeah, it was rooted very in our own world, where, like, it just so yeah. happens that there happens to be a monster in it. Yeah, mine was a little more Harry Potter-ish, like a yeah. darker Harry Potter. Except no, not, no transphobia in, no. in this one. No J.K. Well, Rowling. There are, there are themes of it, not, like, pro-transphobia. Like the theme is that like the werewolf hunter. I'm right. just trying to set you up to say something because you set me up that entire early on about me hating deaf people that I'm trying well, to get you. That's because you do because we were talking about that off air like before the mics were on. <laughs> Jeff remembers that. Yeah, you were there. there. Yeah. Anyway. That's just something you say all the time. Do you want me to go next? Go for it. Yeah. I'm bringing a – well, mine's not going to be sloppy. Well, mine's going to be very, very jingle ball-y. You don't need to brag about it. All right, because it's about Christmas. Uh, basically, I had an idea for like a Scorsese Sopranos-esque Santa Claus gangster movie where the holiday, each holiday figure is like a rival family. So you'd have like the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy. They would all essentially be their own families. So it's because because I just watched The Godfather the other day. So I was like, it'd be kind of cool if like Santa Claus was James Gandolfini. <laughs> so, I would so, like that. Yeah. yeah so like. Like that, that to me would be really cool. Like, and make it like super R rated. So, like, it would be like the elves are essentially like Christopher Molinari is like an elf. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have much of like an idea. Like, I, I just basically have like a like a small pitch. I don't really have like a plot or anything thought of. I just I feel like it'd be kind of cool if there was like a holiday themed gangster movie involved. Because like they just made that Mel Gibson Santa Claus movie where like yeah, a kid, a, yeah, a kid hires him to kill a kid hires a hitman to kill Santa Claus. Yeah. So like I feel like it's kind of cool when Santa's taken and not it's not very holiday like very like festive it's very like I don't know it's just Santa happens to be the backdrop but then it turns out to be like oh Santa Claus actually will like put a paper like a plastic bag over someone's head and then stab him in the throat like that's the type of shit that like yeah, I'd that's like my Santa Claus that I believe in like yeah since I was a little kid well remember that clip I sent you a couple weeks ago of Santa Claus where like he kills well he kicks the dog at the fan and fucking it kills James Khan. remember when I'm uh, it was that thing on Twitter it was apparently it's from a movie where um Goldberg oh Goldberg from WWE plays Santa you know what I'm talking about no I don't remember. Maybe. All right. Well, I'll send you. I'll send you the clip after we're done recording. And okay. yeah, I love you know R-rated Santa. That's what we like to see. If Bad Santa, that's like one of the best. That's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And that's 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 very not Santa. Christmases does Bad Santa get on the scale? It's kind of scary. So I don't know if it gets uh, six Christmases. What Bad Santa? I would give it like four. Four Bad Santas. Four Christmases. For Bad Santa. That's another one. That's also a movie. But How Four many, Christmases gets five Christmases on the it, scale. It might get even more than that. It could be six. Oh, and, and for some reason, this wouldn't work because True Detective Season 2 sucked. And Vince Vaughn wasn't really a good gangster in it. But it would be funny if Vince Vaughn was Santa. <laughs> I would I would like that. Well, Just already played Santa's brother. Fred Claus. Exactly. That's what made me think of it. I was like, he could round out his own little universe of it's being. Yeah, or just make it Fred Claus sequel and make it a gangster movie. And Paul Giamatti is Santa again. Paul Giamatti. Oh, Paul Giamatti could definitely be a gangster Santa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I had a dream about you saying that. And it was on the pod. That's, that's not a dream. That's I can't called. I remember if I have a note for it <laughs> that I wrote it down because I write down when I have dreams like that. But. Well, I'll, I'll look through that folder later. I also had dreams. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I have a dream that you have a good pitch. And there's I my do. segue to you. You actually reminded me of it with yours. Um, so you want to hear a gangster movie Christmas time type pitch. I wrote a short about this. 
Uh, God, well, I no, you didn't, because I I thought of this right now, and this well, is no, my idea. I, I didn't write exactly that. Santa's not a gangster in this. Um, it's called Run Rudolph Run or Run Run Rudolph, whatever the name of the song is. I forget. Yeah. Oh, honestly, you, this idea, which I I do know a little bit about, I remember you telling me this was what it, your idea influenced my idea, but I went just a little bit more like actually. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the basic plot is. This guy, Rudy, is big-time family man, loves Christmas. Like, if our mom was a man, basically. Decorates the house big-time and shit. Um, every year, the tradition is he dresses up like Chris, like Santa on Christmas Eve and um, goes to the storage unit where he has... Does his last name happen to be Giuliani? It certainly is not. <laughs> Honestly, if this was a Rudy Giuliani movie starring James Woods... <laughs> as Rudy Giuliani yeah all right I love it we're going with that and James Woods goes to the same storage unit every Christmas Eve to get his kids gifts and he brings them into the house like Santa he does the whole real thing so they can always believe in Santa um but they just moved this year so they're at a new storage unit and he accidentally goes to the wrong locker and he opens up to see a murder. I thought he was going to open up to see a reindeer jerking off. No, that's that's the the visual gag before he opens this the murder one. And you have three visual gags because you're very like it's like Family Guy. Threes. You just, um, mm-hmm. including the reindeer, he yeah, comes three so he, times. He sees this gang shooting in like mobster fucking style. He's in a chair, gun, boom. Uh, and they're like, oh, shit, this guy's dressed as Santa. He just witnessed a murder. And so he's on the run from this mafia family. And yada, yada, yada. He does some fun chase scenes, goes through a mall, blah, blah, blah. Bruce Willis and is there. They sex. It sounds like Jingle All the Way a little bit with the mall run. Yeah, but it's like a closed mall. Oh, no, don't worry. We also, Sinbad will be in this. That's that's the big twist is you find out that this is in the jingle all the way universe yeah. and Sinbad yeah. is the le- and is the Arnold head gangster to save him dressed as Turbo Man. <laughs> I, I, I say we already yeah, but the yeah. real ending is a Deus Ex Santa um, and Santa like the real Santa shows up and he saves the day. There's some fancy Santa magic that he uses, but not in a lame way like paid like off. a cool way where like people's arms go flying yeah, and, and shit. you love it and everyone loves this movie and it's a classic and it makes three billion dollars and becomes like give it all to charity because that's what santa would do yeah and and then it becomes a theme park ride at disney yes yeah that then is it, my uh that my that would be my mission and then it becomes a theme park ride at disney and you fucking just and then you know a santa sleigh ride like roller coaster would probably be pretty fun yeah, I don't know how that hasn't become a thing yet. Like a Tim and Tim Allen is the one who drives you around at Disney World because he's Santa. Wait, I, have you, his, I have his email. You cut out right there for a second. What did I say? Just talking about Tim Allen's history as a cocaine trafficker. <laughs> oh yeah, he is the greatest. He's got the he's got the greatest um, mugshot I've ever seen. Honestly, I might post that when we post the episode. Might post a mugshot when we do the Santa Claus episode. That's what it should. Be. All right, that's a good idea. All right, so that's our pitches. Use Robert good, Downey good Jr. Pitches. mugshot for this one. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Robert Downey—it's fucked up. But my favorite Robert Downey Jr. story is when he shows when he was like 
peak RDJ, like fucking just slinging, slinging nose bumps every night. And he just what he just went to that one random house and just fucking fell asleep in the random know, house. Like house or oh yeah, yeah. And he just was like ass naked in the balcony. I think. <laughs> Like yeah, it's really dark shit. I mean, I'm glad that RDJ's doing great now, but like that was there's some peak there's some great gems that if you want to go back and that's look. good comedy, yeah. Okay. So before we wrap up, uh we'll just do our, you know, our shtick where we tell everyone where to follow us and no one does. Um, I get a couple follow models every once in a while. Yeah, I get a lot I of ones t- I get a lot <laughs> I get a lot telling me, um, hey big boy, why don't you come sit on my face? And I don't understand what that the logic of that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, it's all- me you don't you don't get that that's my account it's my new burner <laughs> but i wanted to say we were talking about mank earlier and it just dawned on me we keep talking about all these like castings did you do you know who played uh upton sinclair yeah bill, bill nye. nye the science guy yeah yeah we were talking about that i, I heard i heard the voice yeah talking yeah they, i took me yeah. till after to figure it out um speaking of bill nye what i'm saying have you ever heard the bill nye bill nye theme song but in chinese no well, I'll send it to you after this podcast. That could and be the outro. Honestly, I'm gonna make that the outro. But make Mamba number five the intro. I'm gonna why would Mamba number five be the intro? We have intro music. Because I requested it. How about I just put Mamba number five in like at the beginning of the Iron Man segment, and it'll just say Mamba number five. So you can follow us at uh, spoiler alert! I'm going to actually give Nick. I thought it was at We Spoil Movies. It's at We Spoil Movies, and I don't even have the password. I'm giving I what I was gonna say was it's at we spoil movies. What's it's, the password to the account? I'm not telling it over the fucking airwaves. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> but I'll right. get, I'm giving it to you this week because you're more you're snappier than I am at social media, and I need we need to we need to get out there. We need to, we need That's people to snappy. find us. But it's at we spoil movies on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Eric underscore Rayer eleven. Uh, Nick, where can we find you? What's your Pornhub exclusive account? At Eric Rayer 11 on <laughs> Pornhub. You know, we'll go into that story next week. We're already run out of time, but I'll tell I have a Pornhub exclusive story that maybe we need to fill up. Okay. With the airways. Um, my thing is, I just changed it. It's At the real Nick Madsen. Yeah. And because um, you're an influencer now. Yeah. That's going to be starting up in the new year. I'm going to do some fan meet and greets, things like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That. That's my story. Jeff, uh, you're at POTUS45 or something like that? That's, yep, that's on Twitter. I'm, yeah. I am uh, I am the real Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, Jeff Retariat, like Secretariat <laughs> with Jeff uh, <laughs> on, on Instagram and OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh, I'm actually, for my OnlyFans, mine's at POTUS45. That's, that's where... Yeah. Strictly Don Don asshole vids only. <laughs> Next week we will stay with our Christmas theme, but we're not going to tell you guys what it is because apparently Coleman said that he doesn't like to hear about it. I'm pretty sure we said it already in the episode. No, I hinted at it. Oh, that, okay. yeah, I didn't say it outright. Okay, but if you're an astute listener, you'll be able to you'll be able to figure it out. But all, I'm you know, sure that I said it. Well, fuck you. All right, if you said it, I'm going to cut it out anyway. I'm going to bleep it out. <laughs> I'll find out when I listen. But yeah, staying with the Christmas theme, we got two more Christmas themed episodes because we started a little late. Because obviously, with my battle with COVID, uh, I need another week of rehab. Reserve. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's about it. This was uh, this was spoiler alert. We uh, we do we do movies. Don't get the vaccine. They're putting little micro cameras inside <laughs> it so they can watch your blood. <laughs> All right.